great day, amazing human. Welcome to the Empowered In My Skin podcast, where our mission is to help 1 billion people in this world think in more empowering ways. Empower humans, empower humans. So you are in the right spot to become a lead domino for empowerment today. My name is Inke Chi. I'm not only your host, but I am a vibrant optimist obsessed to bring you empowering content with each episode. We will be bringing you content alternating between longer episodes with feature guests and shorter episodes called Empowering Bites, where I'll be joined by my co-host, Gabby Mamone. So if you're ready, let the show begin. Welcome to part two of our amazing unfiltered discussion on women aging. Enjoy. And so Tracy, I'm going to ask you now because you've interviewed, I mean, your podcast is all around this topic. So you've, I don't know what episode you're on now, but uh, I know you've interviewed men. There's a man that you interviewed recently that seems to have picked up the mantle to like, you know, be the man who's going to help with the menopause. So what are you, like, what are your thoughts around the intersection between aging, menopause, and what are you hearing as sort of that common denominator as to why there's such a taboo and a stigma and maybe some suggestions from your experiences to how do we start to eradicate that? Yeah. So I think what we're talking about is gendered ageism, right? So it's uh, particularly affects women. And when we talk about menopause and align that with, say, for example, work performance, that's where things where things get really shaky because women are coming to work. They are struggling with their symptoms. There's nowhere they can t- turn to. There's no one they can talk to. And if they admit to some of their work colleagues that it could be menopause, people instantly make the assumption that you're not cut out for the job anymore. And this also intersects with women trying to elevate their career opportunities. It's crazy. So you get to, say, 45, you're leveling up in your career, you're maybe moving up the ranks, and you're going to smash the glass ceiling, and then boom, menopause. So it does sort of bring up bring up the questions as to why you don't see you know, why we might be struggling with women reaching those peak CEO Mm -hmm. positions. You know, perhaps that menopause is making them feel like I can't do my job, I'm forgetting things, I have brain fog, I can't present a strategy, um, I'm really uncomfortable, I'm flooding at work. Like, so there is so much in this conversation that we need to address and it's starting to be addressed, you know, particularly in the UK and I think that Australia and New Zealand are following following their way, which is, hey, look, we need to support these women because they're such a massive part of the workforce. They're so wise. They can mentor our younger women. They have so many skills. We can't afford to lose them. The economy will be affected. So it's a really massive conversation when you intersect aging, menopause support, Mm -hmm. and, you know, women generally in the workforce. Really interesting to note, though, that in Indigenous cultures, so I live in New Zealand, the Indigenous culture of the Māori uh, people here, they don't see ageing as a negative, right? Mm. And I actually believe this is probably the same for a lot of Indigenous Mm. cultures. Mm. Um, Ageing is revered. Women, when they get to that age about 50, and we talk about the Gen X being loud, like I'm definitely that, but the Gen X women in the Indigenous cultures are loud, all the time and nobody tells them to sit down and shut up it's really amazing like they are revered and people you know search them out to ask for their support their mentoring and 
and because I'm married to a a Maori guy and so these women like you get them together and they are just they're very opinionated whether it's right or wrong doesn't matter Um, they're they're very sure of themselves they're very comfortable in their skin and they're very family oriented Mm -hmm. so I think it's so nice to see and be a part of Mm -hmm. that and go well actually there is another way that we can view aging Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm surrounded by these women so I think Mm -hmm. it's really awesome and I think ah you know, I want to be like that, have that mm. energy, um, have that wisdom. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if you haven't seen the Barbie movie, there's this absolutely beautiful scene where Barbie is now in the real world. She's left Barbie land. She sits down at a bus stop. She's looking around the world in this park, and she can see all the different kinds of people. And she turns to an old lady sitting next to her in the on the park bench and she says to her she's never seen an old lady right because barbie like they're all barbied she turns to this old lady and she says oh, you're beautiful and the old lady says i know and it was just a real moment like that really got me that one little yeah. scene where barbie had never seen an older lady with the wrinkles and waiting for the bus and and just the admiration for her mm. age mm. and i thought it was great so you must see the movie and it, it was really uplifting to have that acknowledgement mm. that we have these ideas around what age means mm. and yet it's probably something we need to dispel, right? You Get know, on I, top of it. I really think that resonates with me because if I think it took me back to as a younger kid and how I always referenced my elders, right? Like you kind of have a reverence for the elders and you're even told as a woman, as a kid, respect your elders and this, any other, but somewhere along the line, there just w- became a negative connotation with, with, with aging. And I don't, you know, it's probably the misrepresentation of what, beauty looks like or what it means to be young and all this and the other so you know I want to embrace I want to I want to I want to actually bring that as a next topic because I think there's some there's some things that need to be debunked in in society like some myths that it's created and I also want to as as a second part to my next question also like Trisha let's talk a little bit about some of the um, especially as a black woman some of the intersectionality and some of the other you know, challenges that you may face that might be a little bit unique. So the question is really around, you know, the high value that society's placed on youth and, and a, a lot of what you've been talking about, um, Tracy, and they ignore the wisdom that comes with age. Cause I think that that's kind of what I believe is in that indigenous culture is they're, 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 they're anchoring on the wisdom that those folks have had, right? Like the years of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so how can we challenge ageism and embrace the beauty of aging and, and menopause? What do you thought? I'll start with uh, Jennifer. What are your thoughts there? So I think for me, like one of the things I've been doing is reading up on ageism, starting to follow particularly women who are talking about ageism, the impact of ageism. But one thing I'll call out, which um, is such a subtle thing, but it really emphasizes it really is a symptom of ageism. And that is the language that we use when we refer to people and the way in which we use the word young. Mm. So I'll give you a very simple example. It's, you know, people telling me, oh my God, you look so young. How did young (laughs) become a compliment? Like versus you have great energy. You, 
So whenever someone says you look young, I say, this is what 50 looks like. I look 50 and like trying to change the narrative and the perceptions of what a 50 year old woman looks like, Mm -hmm. or a 53 year old woman looks like. And it's, it's not to say that we are supposed to look a certain way at 50, but just saying like, I don't look young. I look 50. (laughs) This is how, this is what 50 looks like on me. And it will look different on different women, of course. Right. But just the language that we use perpetuates the, the value we're placing on youth versus the value we place on somebody's energy, somebody, the way they show up in the world and, you know, the way in which they choose to live their life, the, the way they look Mm -hmm. like this is 50. This is not youthful. This is not young. This is 50. This is what it looks like on me and trying to expand people's minds. Like the fact that you at 42, when you had a baby Tracy and they called it geriatric, (laughs) like it's just the language we use matters. It really does matter. It does. It's so funny when you said that it reminds me of a card that Trisha got me for my 50th. that said, I've been young for a really, really long time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm not 50. I've just been young for a really, really long time. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I have a second question for Trisha, but um, so Tracy, how about yourself? Like, what are your thoughts around ageism and, and how can we really embrace the, this beauty of it more? Yeah, I, I'm just actually going to jump off what Jennifer's mentioned and I'll keep this really short. Um, there is a new social media um, viral post that's gone out and it's called um, I Look My Age. And uh, yeah, you've probably seen it. So there are a lot of women who are doing a short little video and they're saying, I'm 53 and I look my age. And they're hashtagging, mm. I look my age. Mm. And this has become a really, really big movement because I think what we, as Jennifer mentioned, what we are struggling with is the compliment of when people tell me all the time, because I look after myself, I work out, they say, oh my gosh, you don't look 53. And I get a little bit of a thing in the back of my head, like, well, how am I supposed to look? Like, this is me taking care of myself. I don't think that you need to put me into a box that says that I'm working out because I'm trying to look young. Mm-hmm. I'm actually working out because I've got 50,000 things on my bucket list I need to get, need to get mm-hmm. done before I slide into my grave, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just think if you get a chance to look for that, um, I think it rounds yeah, up this no, conversation perfectly. It's just a groundswell of women globally pushing back on yeah. how we're supposed to look at a certain age. I love that. I had a really interesting encounter, and I don't mean to put her on blast because she's probably going to listen to this episode, but I was having a really interesting, um, I was having um, just a, a just like a chat. We were we were socializing at a, at a hotel lobby with uh, with uh, one of my colleagues. Um, she was, we were working together, and uh, she's young. She's younger. I'm going I'm to say that, Jen. She's, uh, she's, I don't know if she's in a millennial age, but she's there. She's younger, and uh, and I can't remember what I said, but I, I got to a point in the conversation and I said, I'm, you know, when I turned 50 and then she's like, oh my God, she's like, you don't look 50, you know? And she's like, I was going to ask you how you became so successful so young. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So, so I was like, so what, that question doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good example of saying like, this is what 50 looks like. This is, if you think this is really great, 
this is what you have to look forward right, to. Aging look, is right, awesome. Right. Yeah, <laughs> aging can be awesome, and it can look awesome and feel awesome and be very energetic. Right, but even but the other part of that is like, so so now you're not interested to see now yeah. it makes sense that I'm successful by fifty. Like yeah. it's just it's just very interesting, right? So yeah. so yes. Trisha, I want to add the others. Like society's beauty standards for a very long time have often fallen short on representing the diversity of aging BIPOC women. Right. That's just the truth. And how can we challenge stereotypes and promote a more inclusive definition of beauty as women embrace sexy aging, which we'll talk about next, uh, Tracy, and across the different racial and ethnic backgrounds? What are your thoughts on that? Get loud. <laughs> I'm just saying you have to get loud. I, I do want to go back because when we talk about representation mm -hmm. and what it looks like, mm -hmm. I think I was challenged with what I, I had a. Uh, conceived notion of what menopause looked like and it didn't look like me so mm -hmm. I didn't think I was actually yeah. going through it yeah. because you don't see me you don't see me in the word you don't see me in the advertisement you don't necessarily see me um you know on on tv talking about it so mm -hmm. one change that yeah you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I think it starts a lot with um with these conversations mm -hmm. and embracing diversity and inclusion and challenging what these beauty standards are. So if this is what 50 looks like, you should have seen what I look like when I was 20. Like, you know what I mean? Why does it have to be a way? And if I think of my, our parents, I don't think they talked about, I am 50, I am 60. That, that wasn't really a conversation. I am feeling we this generation are really talking um, about age, but we have to advocate, I think, for diverse representation in beauty, fashion, demanding that women from all racial and ethnic backgrounds are represented mm -hmm. and featured in campaigns, editorials. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to support brands that um, that promote, I think, inclusive beauty mm -hmm. standards mm -hmm. and inspire women of all backgrounds. Like when we're even the stories about the Maori women, sisters and aunties and grandmothers, there is a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. Like there is the cultural piece that we need to bring into, you know what I mean, into our conversations to challenge what that means to revere that, you know, we're radiant and, you know, there's so much wisdom mm -hmm. in this particular phase um, that will help to continue, I think, to drive, drive change, to be loud and demand yeah. diversity of aging. And I think, um, it's, I think, I think BIPOC it's, women. And I think it's really important too. like, if I even think about breast cancer, right? Like I, I've typically in my doctor's office, the, 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 um, the thing that they use to show you what it looks like doesn't look like my breasts, right? It looks mm -hmm. like another, and I'm going to have different coloration. This, like my discoloring will be a lot different. My nipples look different. And, and so that what Trisha says is really, really important. And so hopefully there's, we have to get loud, Trisha. But we, hopefully no, there's not, we, yeah. we have to yeah. get loud. I thought menopause was the golden girls. Yeah, I, I did. I, I used to think it was a white one. I can't lie. I, I I'm being very, very honest here. Until like my mother-in-law started talking about it a lot. I actually thought it was a white woman thing. <laughs> yeah. Because that's yeah, the education, like, right? The yeah. awareness. Right. I think that's a good it? point too. Like culturally, there may be differences in the comfort level of these discussions yeah. or Bingo. Bingo. you know, the topics. Yeah. And so for some cultures it may be even like 
even I think all of us are saying like we weren't talking about it. Mm. Um, but I think it's probably even more in some cultures it's even harder to talk about mm-hmm. it. Right. There's, mm-hmm. there's that, that you have to overcome beyond what, you know, the rest of us are also trying to overcome. Yeah. And that's the piece. That's the piece, at least within, I think certain like black Caribbean communities where that's not, you don't talk about that. Yeah. You just right. go through it. You, you're fanning. And you're fanning, but saying, you don't know why they're fanning. And you're still not saying, you're still not even admitting as you're right. fan. You're like, oh, it's just it's just hot out here. It's hot. It's, yeah, it's just hot. hot. So I lived in a um, Muslim country for 18 years, and so most of the time I was there, I was going through menopause. So yeah, you can. I kind of appreciate when I reflect back now, I can appreciate why I wasn't even hearing the word. Mm-hmm. Because all my friends were Muslim, and they're definitely not talking about it. Yeah, not, cultural yeah, stigmas. Cultural stigmas. Mm. There's stigmas associated, and in some cultures, it's like, well, you know, you hit this particular age, you can, it's now, you can, you can go out and find the the young woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just add, and I think it's sort of coming up just in the fact we've got four women on this call talking about menopause, but. One of the other things that I think has been so powerful for me as as I've been aging is the community of women that I surround myself with. And I would be shocked if there wasn't, like, in terms of, like, wanting to talk about these things or feeling like you have to overcome, find another woman. Like, we're, we're like, every time I talk to someone, like, oh, my God, I had that symptom, too. I had no idea. Like, it really is an opportunity to create some really powerful networks and community of women helping each other and helping to raise voices for everyone especially those who may feel like they can't raise their voice on this topic like the the Mm -hmm. the community that we can create around this topic is super powerful so powerful so i'm gonna i'm gonna combine community and sexy aging so um so i have this i'm winding down our questions unfortunately because we can keep going and so um tracy i'm going to talk a bit about your community that you created and trisha and then i'll just double down to i'll i'll check on yours um but sexy aging so first of all talk to us about what sexy aging is it's an amazing community that you've created and uh and and yeah i'd love to highlight it here oh thank you so a lot of people often ask me why sexy and aging and I'm like, well, why not? And that's the whole point. So when you're going to create a brand that's going to bring awareness around this topic, it's good to have something a little bit provocative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of how sexy aging, the brand evolved. But yeah, I have like a podcast and a fitness app that that is directed towards these conversations and helping women understand how to look after themselves Mm -hmm. in this stage of life. I agree with what Jennifer said, and I encourage women, if they're not getting into the gym, to find a walking group that wants to talk about this because there's nothing more uplifting than being around other women laughing as well and talking about your experiences and sharing your contacts for the best doctor, the best pelvic Um, floor specialist the best uh nutritionist you know just just having a simple walk group is a really good way to get some exercise to feel connected to other women and to it's just so uplifting emotionally and I think as we go through this people downgrade the emotional standstill that you come to when you realize it's menopause and what happens now and so having people to talk to is really important um, yeah, I'm all about the community. So thanks for highlighting that. I love that. And Trisha, just uh, 
uh, over to you. I know you've created a, you're creating a community, and and maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, about the one you've identified and how it came about. Sure. I this is my third bloom, so the community oh, will lovely. be called my third bloom because we are. I believe that again, this is changing the narrative. Where blooming is something that is part of. You know what I mean? It's growth. You know, it comes with wisdom and things like that, and we. Uh, are entering that particular third bloom and to have community. And I think for racialized women, that's important because as we were talking about earlier, how representation is key. We need to be, we all need to be seen and we all need to be heard and to create a community that ha- that is a safe space to share stories, to share experiences as wild, you know what I mean, as they can be is really, really important because guess what? If we get this right, the generations coming up, they're not having to do this work. They're not having to, to search. So being able to provide resources, I think, as a community platform, as a platform out there in general, is important. It's educating to elevate not just the community within, but the community outward, and that all voices matter, you know? And like I said, I need to I need to see myself on the screen. I need to see myself on that billboard talking about it. And if you look at me or anybody else and it's like, yeah, this is what this age looks like. Change the narrative, dispel the myths, talk about them, because perhaps what is out there? They say there's 35. There's probably 70. There's probably 200 because we have not captured all the voices. And that's why I wanted to create my third book to bring us all together. You know I what I mean? It. I love it. And Trisha, I just wanted to let you know that in Mandarin, the translation of menopause in Mandarin in Chinese is second spring. Are you saying? I like it. Doesn't that sound way nicer than menopause? (laughs) Lovely. I love it. My third bloom certainly sounds better than menopause. So I'm going to take you through some rapid thrivers. um, So very quickly, and I'll just be going around, you know. So Jennifer, when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes first to mind? Oh, my gosh. Um, My daughter. Tracy. My daughter. I was going to, we're literally on the same page, Jennifer. My daughter, she's 18. She knows everything about menopause. And yeah, I think it's awesome. (laughs) Trisha. My mom. I would say definitely my mom just in the past, like, we're having these conversations. Like, my mom is a retired nurse. So it's actually easy for me to talk about these things and be like, well, hey, did you actually go through this? Because I don't remember you talking about it. So um, my mom. And uh, Jennifer, what do you want to say about Anna a bit? About Anna? Yeah. So Anna's 20, and she's full of spirit and opinion and open, like, in terms of kind of the next generation and and leading in an empowered, informed, thoughtful way. Um, she teaches me, she teaches me so much um, just watching how she she shows up to things and how different that was. Um, compared to, you know, how I showed up for things, that inner confidence is, is really inspiring. Trisha, daily activity helps you stay empowered. Laughing. Tracy? <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> how about you, Tracy? Um, journaling, just writing down my thoughts, whatever comes to mind, just let it flow. And it goes naturally towards gratefulness. So, mm. yeah. And Jennifer? I would say I love laughing too, but curious, being curious. 
mm. constantly being curious. And uh, Tracy, the book that has really helped you feel like helped you with your empowerment. It could be a book or a podcast. Well, yeah, a, a series of books by Eckhart Tolle yeah. actually just, yeah, just really sort of opened my mind to what it means to be human, mm-hmm. um, helped me understand compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. I love that. Jennifer? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a menopausal brain moment because I'm like, what's the name of that book? Um, by Byron Katie. It's, um, there's a book by Byron Katie, and I would also say there's another book by Glennon Doyle. Uh, both of which I cannot capture the name right now, but both of them just really helped me examine how I was thinking about things and how I could be thinking about things. And that really helped open my mind to to possibility. Is it loving what is? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Loving <laughs> what is. <laughs> Trisha, a book. Uh, more a devotional. Um, but uh, what... Enjoying Peace in His Presence, mm. I think, is by Sarah Young. Okay, I'm going to gather all these up. An app, chasing an app that helps you stay empowered and, and on point every day. Yeah, I actually downloaded this really cute little app called Gratefulness 180, Gratefulness 180 I think. I don't know, once once the icon's gone, you can't remember the details. But it actually allows you to put in things that you're grateful for, and it records it. It gives little lessons every day. Um, You're connected. There's a community there, so you're reaching out to other people and encouraging them. So it's probably one of the best apps on the gratefulness side that I've ever come across. And I do pay for it, but it's absolutely worth it. I love that. Jennifer, an app? Um, so uh, the one that came to mind is my workout app. So all of my, uh, weightlifting training is on, I'm part of a community called strong girls. And, um, that's, that's my go-to, uh, in terms of staying strong mentally, physically is, is that, that app helps facilitate that for me. And Trisha. Oh my gosh. I don't an app. Uh, yeah. Well, the app that I'm in every day, which I think just this year alone, I'm going to have to say Duolingo for, okay, for okay, me. No, that's <laughs> Duo, Duolingo is is the app in terms of challenging me. It, it helps to center me. Um, I am learning. So mm-hmm. me being a lifelong learner and I'm not learning one language. I'm doing Spanish, French and Mandarin. I know. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. I know. All at the same time. I haven't heard her so... speak Mandarin yet, but, uh, but I think that's <laughs> pretty <laughs> Uh, so, now, so now my last question is all around misconceptions. So what is one misconception that people see uh, that say of you or think of you as they like see you like living life and like, you know, kicking ass and doing what you do at this, you know, the heights that you do it. And so Tracy, what might that misconception be for you? Okay, this is also, it's a misconception, it's also a little bit of a confession, so (laughs) I have a kick-ass TikTok account, (laughs) and I have learned so much about video editing, um, how to get a message across as fast as possible, how to engage people, and I've learned it all through TikTok, so the misconception here is that women my age aren't there, (laughs) and we actually are, we're there, we're having a conversation, and it's actually feedback to me that mm-hmm. I can keep learning these yeah. new skills, you know, mm-hmm. Jennifer misconception. Um, I think that it is, um, I, I do a lot of things that I guess 
people may think I wouldn't do because of my age, because of whatever. And I think people may have the misconception that I'm fearless when in fact I am full of fear almost all the time. Um, and I'm in fact very courageous. So the fear is always there, uh, even if it looks like it's not. And Trisha. I think for me, misconception is <coughs> probably a misunderstanding. I love virtual reality and augmented reality. So people probably think all I do is play games. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm actually trying to find ways to use VR and immersive technologies to change the world, to change the conversations about women's health, mm. to, you know what I mean, to change our, the narrative and storytelling even related to perimenopause mm. and menopause with immersive technology. And I'm not just playing games. I said I was a change maker and a joy seeker and an Afrofuturist. So how do we make all of these things intersect? Like, watch for me. Trust me. I love that. I'm watching for you, Trisha. We're watching all of you. So now, watch not out. only watching, but we want to know where do we find more of you. So Tracy, where do we find more of you? Uh, you can find me on sexyaging.com. Everything's there. Okay. Jennifer? Best place? Uh, you, can, you can find me on jennifergibbscoaching.com. And Trisha? Oh my, since this is this is a new venture for me. You can find me at Trisha Blake on LinkedIn. Um, as well as, as of August 1st, uh, my third bloom on Instagram and probably all of the socials as I build out and include, you know what I mean, racialized, non-racialized women, just shaping the, the narrative and having inclusive faces and diverse faces in the conversation. Awesome. Okay. And uh, so I have a parting question for everybody before I completely shut down this episode. Because, uh, it's been so awesome. And uh, I'm really excited about this answer. So this podcast is called Empowered in My Skin and would love each of you um, just even just taking from this discussion that we've had, this unfiltered discussion, what that truly means to you. And so, Jennifer, I'll start with you. I think it's really embracing these questions like why not me why not now and kind of how I started the episode um, with my suggestion like be an example of what's possible not what you're supposed to do or should do create your own rules thank you Tracy it's taking all of the lessons from the past all the good and the bad and being able to reflect on them and yeah, I just feel, I feel incredibly empowered now in my skin because I just don't judge myself anymore. Like mm -hmm. I don't look back at the the mistakes that I made or perceive them as mistakes. I go, it's all part of the journey. And now, you know, I'm really open to failure mm -hmm. and I've just really embraced failure as a way to keep growing. So mm -hmm. that is really empowering for me. Oh, wow. That's empowering. I, that, that hit me. Thank you. And Trisha. Being empowered in my skin means to me right now, continuing to stand in my power. I started with staying 10 toes down, do things scared, mm. shed the old layers. You know what? You're in your bloom and embrace, I think, all meaningful things. Give yourself grace and space as you bloom in this journey. Ugh. And it's been such a delight being your host. Honestly, I uh, this was such an enjoyable conversation and I'm looking so forward to launching it. And I've been really blessed because I've, it's so interesting. I always say we don't need to look alike to find similarities. And in each of your stories, I actually have seen your heads nod and me too. And things hit me and hit my heart. And, um, and so it's been a true blessing to sit with three very powerful, three amazing women 
who I think um, you're just you're 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 killing it. And you know what? I love how you're making your age look because it looks awesome, <laughs> and it looks something to continue to strive for. And so, thank you to everyone. Thank you to everyone for joining here today. And Tracy, especially thank you for you for rolling out of bed and coming out to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, and shout outs to everyone in New Zealand and for everything um, um, over there. So tr- thank you so much, Tracy. You're welcome. So nice to meet you ladies through um, through the camera. <laughs> <laughs> One day in person, well. hopefully, if you ever come to CanFit, you gotta, we all got to link up. And to everyone that's listening to this episode, I know you are excited. I know that you're feeling empowered. And I know you're going to hit rewind because you're going to send it off to somebody else and you're going to listen to it again. Um, but unfortunately, this is where I have to say, we're out. Bye-bye. <laughs> there you have it. I trust you are feeling more empowered in your skin. As the late Dr. Maya Angelo said, when you get, you give. When you learn, you teach. So it would mean so much for us at EIMS if you would share this episode and tag us or teach an insight that you took from today's episode on your socials and tag us. Feel free to leave us a review over at iTunes and follow us on social media at Empowered in My Skin. Finally, remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you soon.